This is It Was a Thing on TV. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the dregs of humanity. Episode 182, submission number 101, Man vs. Beast. Man vs. Beast aired as a series of specials on Fox from January 16th, 2003 to February 20th, 2004. An 800-pound elephant and 44 little people. It's the duel in the desert. Come on! Go! Go! We got him! Go! Tonight, the worlds of civilized man and wild beast collide in the supreme test of speed, strength, and stamina. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready for man versus beast! My god, guys, I'm completely sold on this. Yeah, and the thing of it is, Mark Thompson, God bless him, he explained the premise right in the intro, so what can we do now? Oh, this is just the most amazing. I remember when this came out in 2003, and everyone was like, what the hell is this? And this was around the time of Joe Millionaire, so this is when Fox was on fire at this point. Just coming off season one of American Idol, yeah. we have Joe Millionaire, and now we got this. This was back when the Fox reality machine could not do any wrong. And believe me, they tried. But hey, this is Fox. They made their bread and butter by appealing to the lowest common denominator. So what is Man vs. Beast? Simply put, it's a series of challenges in which the best of men go up against the best of beasts. I wish there was anything more simple than that, but there you go. Yeah, it's man versus beast. It says it right in the title. Yeah, I mean, this was from the same creativity uh, workhouse out of Fox that gave us the when blanks do blank sort of special. Oh, yeah. Oh, they went overboard on those back in the early 2000s. And the late 1990s. Yeah. Where every special on Fox has a big title and then a small, sort of lengthy subtitle. This one broke all the rules. For one, it did not have a subtitle. I mean, even season one of American Idol had American Idol... The Search for a Superstar. Yeah, everyone forgets that. It had The Search for a Superstar in the title. It's like, before it was American Idol. It was American Idol, The Search for a Superstar. Well, and also, just like all those shows back in the day, Chico, it was announced by Mark Thompson. Because, of course it was. Hey. Because everything that was on Fox back then was announced by Mark Thompson. Oh, yeah. Mark Thompson, weatherman out of KTTV Fox 11 in uh, Los Angeles. He got a lot of mileage out of his employment with News Corp. A lot of mileage. 
Can we describe who the types of events on Man vs. Beast? Sure, why not? Otherwise, it's just us talking about Mark Thompson. Yeah, it started out with a bear competing against, and how t- timely and how well is this orchestrated? A bear going up against Takeru Kobayashi in a hot dog eating contest. Oh, yeah. And you know who they got to announce the hot dog eating contest? I do. Who'd they get, Chico? Here's a hint. It wasn't Mark Thompson. No. It was the god of all ringside announcers, Michael freaking Buffer. We'll go on to Super Brawl on Sunday, February 21st, to face the reigning United States heavyweight champion, Brett Hitman Clark. And should we spoil it, guys? It's been, what, 18 years since this aired? Yeah, Kobayashi got his ass kicked by the bear. Yeah, but I tell you, if this was redone today in a Man vs. Beast 3, 17 or 18 years after it last aired, if the bear went up against Joey Chestnut, we all know who'd win. Yeah, the bear would totally kick his ass. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Did oh, you Yashi see- had 50 hot dogs. Me? Joey Chestnut had 75. Oh, bull, bull crap. You saw that bear. He was just eating. He, just, he was just eating the hot dogs casually. Kobayashi was had fear in his eyes. I guarantee you, Joey Chestnut would crap his pants seeing the bear. He'd be like, the bear would just be like, "Love oh, Joey Chestnut. You think you're so good, but I'm eating these hot dogs. Oh, these are so good." Mm. Mm. Meanwhile, the Kodiak bear would just grab the plate and wolf down all the. All the he hot would. Dogs. He would wolf it down. No, no, excuse me. No, no. Joey Chestnut has no gag reflex. Oh, He'll just, like, just drop him in there. It, it'll look like a friggin' porn movie. Good night, everybody. If this was a video podcast, we'd insert the guy in the Yankees game with a thumbs down. <laughs> oh, you mean you mean what I used on Facebook this morning after hearing about the Guardians? Hey, hey. And at least they got Tom Hanks to introduce it. Hey, they got, hey, they got, hey, you can't knock the music though. No. Yeah. You know what? It's all nice. They got Tom Hanks and stuff. I wish they would have used some of that money towards developing a decent logo. Hey, this is true. Their logo sucks. I mean, I appreciate the name change and the sentiment behind it, but come on. The logo sucks. The logo's very cheap, yes. At least Tom Hanks is recovered after Borat tried to kill him in Borat 2 with COVID. Hello, Will I am in the forest of gums. Please uh, make an autograph. Sure. <laughs> How do you spell your name? I'm sorry I ruined the twist from Borat 2, but you had like... Well, I've not- already seen it, so... Well, everyone's seen it to this point. Maybe there was one person holding out we're Borat too. Like maybe I'm not gonna see it. Uh, we're sorry. <laughs> Mike slowly raises. Oh, his that's hand. right, Mike. I remember you were in the hospital when Borat two came out. No, he wasn't. Yeah, he was. It came no, out. When wasn't. He... No, Borat two was that. I don't. I, I, no, I, well, Borat two was like before... No, I remember Borat two was like the night of the first debate. It came out. 
Yeah, this was shortly before he went to the hospital. Oh, okay, shortly before. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I was probably spending time with the ex-girlfriend, <laughs> Tui. Okay. Well, I hate to bring up those bad memories. Okay, let's get on with what else they had. Oh, God. Oh, Michael Buffer's stellar analysis was great, too. During the hot dog eating competition. It's so weird to see, hear oh, Michael th- Buffer talk like a normal person. Oh, I think we need to put a little sample of it in this uh, episode. Oh, yeah. Let's hear Michael Buffer's commentary during the hot dog eating competition. Hey, Steve, I got to tell you something. When the bear came out, I saw a flash of fear for a second in Kobayashi's eyes because he, he's never faced a competition like this. It's unbelievable. See how casual the bear is. Now, look at how many hot dogs Kobayashi has left. I, I, I don't see how. He can beat this bear. You got to remember, Kobayashi is an eating machine. He's got a formula down where he just goes, never takes a break. He's steady. Right, and he also, as you can see, Michael, he has the water there because his mouth gets dry and it helps him digest the exactly. hot dogs. Well, Kobayashi is the greatest professional eater in the world. He's got this eating technique down to a science. It's one minute into the competition now. Kobayashi's doing very well. The bear is is scooping them up, but you know, obviously, it, it, it's got a very different approach to eating. But see. He, he looks away and he takes a break because he doesn't know it's a competition. He's just a natural eating machine, and he'll he'll take a break, look away, look at the lights, look at our cameramen, while Kobayashi never stops. You can see that dish is going down in front of Kobayashi. And look how skinny Kobayashi is, and, and look at the size of the bear. You know, I was really impressed when Kobayashi first came out. He's in great shape. You can tell he's an athlete. He's got uh, great biceps, and, he's, and he came out with a small stomach. He won't leave with one, but he's, uh, he's a fabulous-looking athlete. After the epic hot dog eating competition, we had an orangutan battling a sumo wrestler, a 360-pound sumo wrestler, in a tug of war. Oh, yes. And and they give us the the stat line, almost like boxing, height, age, weight. And the sumo wrestler was like twice as big, twice as heavy as the orangutan. Look at that, 5'10", 363 pounds, 4 foot and 180 for the orangutan, 13 years old, and wearing a diaper, a big pair of Depends. <laughs> oh, my God. And also God. only 4 foot tall. 4 yeah. feet tall. 4 feet tall and full of heart. Oh, look at this. We got the tug of war going on. Ah, oh, the sumo wrestler is falling down. He's pulling onto the... Rope. Oh, this is so exciting. Look at that. Oh, by the oh, way. This this is the best performance by an orangutan since Mr. Smith. Oh, yeah. He's doing Mr. Smith proud. I'm sure Leonard Fry's smiling wherever he is watching this orangutan perform. Oh, that sumo wrestler is close. By the way, we're watching this on screen share. So on Zoom. So, oh. The orangutan hasn't even gotten up. No, he's still sitting on the ground. He's pulling. And the, the sumo wrestler's on his feet. <laughs> the sumo wrestler down did, he goes. Did a flop right into that mud. And look at the the orangutan's like, yay, I did it. <laughs> and look at that. The sumo wrestler just does a belly flop right into the freaking what is it? The muddy water, whatever the it mud. is. The mud. Yes. Like, all right, I lost, but I might as well lose with style. Oh! His 
hair is a friggin' mess. Oh, he he needs a good shower. Oh yeah, we're two segments in. And we haven't even talked about the host of this show yet. Yeah, guy by the name of Steve Santagati. While while I do my alt tab boo because I did research on this guy. Okay. He played Celine Dion's love interest in the Think Twice video, which, if you ask me, is one of the more underrated Celine Dion songs. Because I'm cultured, damn it. I'll take your word for it. He was also known for future entry, looking for love, bachelorettes in Alaska. And he is the founder of a website that we are not going to link. And he is the author of a book that we are not going to discuss. Okay, it's probably for the best. Yes. Oh, darn, you mean we're not going to link it through uh, our Amazon profile so we get money from each purchase? Well, it's not like we're making any money on this podcast anyway. And besides, what self-righteous listener of this podcast is going to go to Amazon and buy the book, The Manual, A True Bad Boy Explains How Men Think, Date, and Mate, and What Women Can Do to Come Out on Top? What the f***? (laughs) (laughs) That is the name of the book. I did not make that up. Okay. Hey, hey uh, do we need a palate cleanser? Yes. Yes, we do. All right. He also hosted the GSN show American Dream Derby. You remember that one with the horses? The horses? Oh, yeah. The ho- See, he was too good for that show. No, the show is too good for him. That's one of those things where it's like, okay, I'm just, uh, we all know I'm just here for a paycheck. So let's get on with it. The show was too good for him. That's why he started writing. Oh, jeez. Oh, no. Okay, but this is what y'all came here to see, folks. We're now into the real-life portion with, uh, at the time, he was a future Olympian, Sean Crawford. Chico, do you have research on Sean Crawford for us? Sean Crawford? Give me a second, and I will get research on Sean Crawford. While Chico's doing that, we need to talk about who is next to... Uh, Steve, breaking this down. We've only talked about this guy once in the last month, before now, and we talked about him back in March on You Don't Know Jack, the one, the only, Carl Lewis. Francis got off key himself. Hey, man, I'm Carl Lewis, man. How the river go? He gonna hear this person make him beat me? I'm the fastest man in the world. I've raced horses, man. How this man in a wheelchair gonna beat me? I'm Carl Lewis. These people know, how this man gonna beat me? I'm Carl Lewis, man. I've raced horses. I'm the fastest man in the world. I am the fastest man in the world, Joe Piscopo. You're the fastest man in the world. In the world. I can't believe he came out here with a person inside a wheelchair who tried to beat Carl Lewis. I am Carl Lewis, man. You know Carl Lewis? That's me. Carl Lewis, I'm fast. No man can beat me. So I did some research on Sean Crawford. Yeah, let's forget about Carl Lewis for now. We want to hear about Sean Crawford. Carl Lewis, no. Um, Sean Crawford was actually a, is actually a retired sprinter. He medaled in Athens and Beijing. He has one gold, two silvers. Oh, that's nice. That's good, yeah. He's decent. So, yeah, he's a pretty good... Uh, if you get three medals, that's pretty good. He's no Carl Lewis, though. No. I'm Carl Lewis. I'm Carl Lewis. <laughs> I race horses. Well, it's true, he did race horses. He did race horses. 
Yeah, because he's Carl Lewis. Oh, Carl- wait. There, wait, there's one more thing. You notice I said he did not make it to London or Rio. He was banned for two years for missing doping tests. Oh. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh, no. Uh-oh. Oh, no. It gets worse. Oh, what happened? It can't get worse. What? He gave his Olympic medal to... uh, This is from Truth by Consensus Wikipedia. And it links to an ESPN story from 2009 where Netherlands Antilles sprinter Cherendi Martina lost his appeal to be reinstated as the silver medalist in the Beijing Olympics. And Sean Crawford actually kept second place, even though the American already gave his silver medal to Martina. And Walter Dix of the U.S. keeps the bronze. So, uh, how could I say this except, thank you. (laughs) Thanks, Miss St. James. Oh, Susan, you know, it's a good thing your husband's not producing the Olympics this year. Oh, God. Oh, no. So, Sean Crawford, the best Fox can get on such short notice, he is racing a giraffe. A giraffe. And giraffes, of course, we've got the tail of the tape here. Uh, the giraffe is the tallest land mammal on Earth at 12 feet high. This particular giraffe is 12 feet high. And weighs exactly one and a half tons. Or 3,000 pounds. Yes. And the giraffe is two years old. So, uh, yeah. Sean Crawford has a... uh, Oh, by the way, Sean could run 100 in 9.94. This is in 2003 numbers. And the feast is unknown! Oh, jeez, really? Is time in um, Beastland like parts unknown in wrestling? I don't think anybody's ever gone to the jungles of Africa just to time how fast a giraffe can run the 100 meters. That seems like a good science-based question. How fast does a giraffe run? We know how fast a cheetah can run. Yes. It's a good question, but it's... There's no, there's too many lions and hyenas and other deadly animals in the jungle. No, it's not reasonable. Okay. So let's see how this race, <laughs> let's see how this race ends. Hold on. We want to hear Carl's analysis here. Let's, let's just... go down. You know what? Let's go down to Carl Lewis on the field. Carl! We'll be racing on a different surface. In the inside, where all the animals will be running, it's a harrowed surface, which horses generally use. And Sean, he'll be running on this packed dirt surface. He's not used to that surface. And right now, the temperature is 46 degrees and dropping. And we as sprinters liked it at least 65, so that's going to make it tougher for him as well. I love it when athletes try and sound smart. Okay, you want me to play the audio here? Yeah, we're going to, okay, you know what? Let's play the call here. Let's go to our starter for the beginning of the race. Ready? On your mark. And Mike's drinking, like, I'm not going to take this. Okay, here they go. And Sean Crawford's just pulling right out ahead of the giraffe. 
There's a huge distance between, oh, and now the giraffe looks like it's having some sort of problem, and Sean Crawford is racing ahead for an easy win. That trip up clearly prevented the giraffe from hitting top speed. Sean Crawford living up to his reputation. And we don't even know what top speed is for a giraffe. Stop making this dramatic. Good clean start. There goes Sean zipping out in front. The giraffe cannot catch up. And then all of a sudden, bam, that may have cost him the race. Let's go to Carl at trackside, who's with Sean. Yeah, that was some awkward gait there by the giraffe. It wasn't mm -hmm. tough at all. I was just focused on my start and got out and just kept my stride going so I can get to the finish line. Well, Sean, your time was 13 seconds. How do you feel about that? I feel that's kind of slow, but it's good because I'm conserving myself. Okay, you ready? They look like twins. Okay, back to you, Steve. Oh, now we're getting to the best part. The oh, zebra. And oh, my God, I remember... On Tony Kornheiser's old ESPN radio show, he so loved Man vs. Beast. Oh, Just for did. this port. He really did. And he hyped up this segment, and this is one of my all-time favorites, with the zebra and Sean Crawford. And let's look at the tail of the tape for this. Now, this, this, is, uh, now this is the same man, but a different beast. And, of course, uh, according to the tail of the tape, uh, the zebra weighs 600 pounds. And has like a foot of a disadvantage. I don't know how long he is though, but but I can tell you right now, Sean Crawford's got 18 years on Mr. Zebra, and nobody knows what his hundred meters is. So I you know what? If I was doing this, I probably would have gotten with a I don't know, a biologist or something and see what the actual uh what the actual statistics are okay guys but let's hear what carl lewis has to say but the keys to this race and this is what as i mentioned when tony kornheiser was fascinated by this segment this is the party always loved okay you ready for this you bring it on here we go your keys to victory. For Sean to beat the beast, he must get off to a good, clean start and treat this race like any other. For the beast to beat the human, the zebra must stay focused, and the zebra must also realize he's in a race, because normally the zebra will run only in the wild. I am 1-800-235-DEAD. The zebra needs to understand this is just a race. It, 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 at the end of the day, it's really just a race. I mean, come on. Yeah, the zebra thinks he's running for his life. No, it's just a race. Okay, let's go trackside, shall we? Number two, keep in mind that zebra can cruise at speeds up to 40 miles per hour. See, they should have brought that up. Einstein for the beginning of the race. Ready? On your mark, get set. Now this is a race. There you go. Now you can clearly see they let the uh, gate out for the zebra well before the gun. Sean is putting up a valiant fight right to the end, but tonight the zebra took down the cheetah man. The cheetah man? Did they make the NES game about him? <laughs> Never thought we'd have an Action 52 reference on this podcast. You get all the obscure NES references here. 
All the obscure have... NES references. That's the it was a thing on TV promise. Are we gonna have a reference to Wall Street Kid next? Or Dusty Diamond's All Star Softball or Wally Bear and the No Gang? Mike Tyson's intergalactic power punch. It was never released. Well no, this is man vs. beast. I think we need to mention snake rattle and roll. No. You know what we need to mention? Magic darts. Not only was it man versus beast, it was man versus robot. Are we really doing this again? Uh, wait, are they going to have another race? Are they really doing this again? Oh my god, hold on, we're going to play this. Let's I, go, let's go trackside. Now wait, maybe they're doing it again. I've got two theories. One, because you mentioned the gate was opened early. Uh-huh. That's but also, but also second, maybe this is a best two out of three. And remember, uh, Crawford won the first against the Giraffe. Maybe now he's got to prove himself against the zebra to officially make it man being victorious. Yes. Okay, here we go. Right, here we go. Let's go down to trackside and the guy with the gun. Sean Crawford has a great start. And Sean Crawford is out in front, but oh, here comes the zebra. And the zebra's just pulling ahead now. One, two, three. Oh, this is no contest. That's like Secretary oh, to 73 at Belmont. To say, in your face, Crawford. He's still running. You're replay right now because you got to see that clock at the end. Sean so there you have it. But then the zebra just a man is faster than a giraffe, way ahead. but a zebra is faster than a man. Oh, and if you knew. needed a television special to figure that one out, duh. Now what is now? What do we have here? It looks like a Ninja Warrior course and a monkey. Yeah, hold on. The military designed the like device that could ultimately save a soldier's life. And for an animal, being able to negotiate through and around natural... What the hell is John Doe? Can also be I don't know, but it's going on the list. ...in death. Well, today, could not, these two already. collide as this... I'm going to take, take a look while we uh, look at the uh, Navy SEALs, which I'm on one of the pretty sure they're not supposed to reveal who they are. Ever built. Oh, Navy SEAL gets Joining a chimpanzee on this course. is retired Marine Corps Sergeant Major Dave Francisco. Sergeant Major, you were in the Marine Corps for over 20 years. How does the obstacle course factor into overall training? It builds your upper body strength, your cardiovascular. It can also save your life in combat. And I imagine that during training, egos come into play. As soon as these guys get up in the morning, yeah, you can totally tell these interviews it's aren't who separated. The finish line first. Here's how the course is set up. There are eight separate obstacles stationed eight over separate a hundred yard distance. The course starts with a five foot. Wall There's no, you notice there is no warped wall. I have a I have a problem with that. Next, it's a rope swing across a mud pit, followed by a low crawl, an eight foot barrier, monkey bars, and finally a sprint to the finish. Well, today the man who will take on the beast Who's the is man? one of the toughest guys to ever come out of the United States Navy. The sergeant major spoke with Scott Helvinston just moments ago. You've seen the course. What do you think is going to be your hardest part? Well, with any old course, it's... I got to stop this. Tell me this guy doesn't look like Skip Bayless. He definitely looks like Skip Bayless. If Skip Bayless did not work at ESPN or Fox Sports or uh, out of his Twitter. He, uh, they, I mean, this. I mean, you put this guy on television now, 
you definitely need some de-aging software. The same digital de-aging technology they use like in Marvel movies and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. All right, let's replay, replay this now again. It's, it's most important. I don't see Skip Bayless there. That's just me. Too, uh, too caught up in thinking about what the uh, the other person or well, that's your problem. primate is going to be doing in this case. Can you beat the beast? Can he beat him? I've, I've sized up the enemy. I've checked it out. It, it's just a wannabe human. All right, guys, the stage is set. <laughs> what? It's just a wannabe human. <laughs> Our competitor. <laughs> And uh, now that that wasn't scripted at all. You should know that he holds the distinction of being the youngest Navy SEAL ever. Oh, he was just 17. See, years he's old. a Navy SEAL. He wasn't supposed to now, unless he is no longer a Navy SEAL. He's not supposed to tell who he is. Well, he's a former Navy SEAL. Oh, so he's a former Navy SEAL. Former Navy SEAL. And, and one big thing, he's got evolution on his side. Sergeant Major, who is your money yes. on? Yes. Oh, Steve. The chimpanzee lacks discipline. Hasn't been to boot camp. Oh, My money's on the military it. man. Of course he's biased. That doesn't surprise. Biased. Our starter is ready. Human bias. Get set. And it's on, folks, and it's a very close start. Oh. The chimpanzee is doing fantastic. Scott Halverson gets to the rope first. He's almost to the top, but the chip is super strong. Oh, and it looks like he's catching up. The chip is doing amazing, but he's behind. Scott is at the cargo net first. The chip is just hitting the cargo net now. He is over the top. Scott Halvinson is doing an amazing job. He's just incredible. Oh, this is so dramatic. Look at him. Oh, he's. Now the chimpanzee oh, the human is going way too fast for this chip. They don't like water. So he definitely oh, the chips don't like water, across. guys. Okay, he's across and he's going under the car right now, and he's hitting the wall. But I'm sorry, I don't think this chimpanzee can make up the distance. Yeah, this, this chip is taking a sweet ass time Scott doing this. Yeah. Scott is almost through the monkey. He's having, he's busy having fun with this. He is a real life competition. Excellent. The Easy win for man. There he goes. He's got a lot of heart, folks, and he's got the energy. I hear this is how Planet of the Apes started. I need an adult. Oh, he needs a diaper. Put a <laughs> diaper on him. This is Fox. He doesn't get a diaper. <laughs> it, now, you can't see this, but... You don't want to see it. No. Do I want to paint a mental picture? Yes. Let's just say the chimp <laughs> is competing as God created him. He's like Tommy Pickles in an episode of Rugrats. He's very proud of his nakedness. <laughs> he's just strutting a pose there. Oh, okay. Yeah, now he's smiling. Yeah, baby, that's what I got down there. So in the end, do that unless you win. <laughs> well, you know what? He was a winner. Hey, <laughs> Hi, Kiesla. <laughs> oh, oh, hold on. Yeah. Is going on? <laughs> this is going to be even better than her name of Kiesla. Are you ready for this? Oh, God. Ke okay, Keith. We're watching Man versus Beast. A guy versus a chimp in an assault course. The chimp just lost, and he's not wearing any underwear. I see that. <laughs> I see that. <laughs> Good night, everybody! Oh.
Oh my gosh. Oh, I love that, 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 there two, that Chico's sister's two cameos on this show have been about Herb Abrams and this. <laughs> Herb Abrams <laughs> and a chip competing as the good Lord made him. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, but guys, we're not even into the main event of the first man oh, versus beast. Okay. We're, we're, it looks like we're just getting there. Yeah, here we, we have go. have an elephant. An elephant. And we have an airplane, clearly an American Airlines livery, but they're not going to show it. Oh, they cover it up with, look at that. They cover it up with some tape, like a giant. But, seri- like, but seriously, it's like, how many airplanes do you know that don't bother to paint their planes? Yeah, they're, they're like Airstream uh, trailers. They're just plain aluminum. Oh, yeah. Clearly an American Airlines plane. This is clearly an American Airlines plane. But we have big man versus beast signage on the side. Oh, yeah. Oh. And who is this guy? <laughs> I don't know. Some I, guy I, with I believe elf. that is Jewel Sylvester, noted animal expert. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. yeah, he, that, yeah. yeah he, he is like on every other episode of A Thousand Ways to Die. I love this guy. Oh, I, yeah. I was just going to mention that. that that's really... Uh, one of the few things that he's known for is a thousand ways to die. So what is an elephant doing next to a plane? And what is a plane doing next to... Hey, is that Brad Williams? I swear to God, I just saw Brad Williams. Hold on, let me replay. I don't even know who Brad Williams Brad is. Brad Williams is a stand-up comedian, but he is also a little person. Right at the, the upper left corner. Here? I swear to God, that's Brad. No, right below him. This guy. I swear to God, that's Brad Williams. This guy with the big ass forehead right here. The guy with the big ass forehead. Yes. Oh, I. Well, he is is a he's a stand. Now, Brad Williams is a stand up comedian and also a little person. I follow him on Instagram. So maybe you should ask him. Well, you're on Man vs. Beast. I should ask him that. Well. Okay, like, well, just, don't, don't, just uh, take a snappy and just say at Brad Williams comic. This to you, bruv. Um, I, I don't want to disappoint you. That guy looks like he's a lot older than Brad Williams' age back in 2003, which would have been 19. Yeah. Oh. Uh, shame. Oh well. So, sorry, sorry to burst the old bubble there. I love this bald-headed guy right here. He's he's ready to go. He's ready <laughs> to go. He's, <laughs> he's talking about go. He's talking about go. He's like, ooh, I'm ready for this. Oh. Okay. So, what? Wait, is this? Did they have a practice thing here? They had a practice. They had a practice thing with the airplane. They're like, oh my god, this airplane, it's so big. And they have a coach. They have yeah. a coach because what's a team without a coach? They're all pull, they're all chugging. They're pulling that airplane with all their hearts. Oh, oh. oh. And, and that guy, by the way, is Joe Gebe, who is the team captain. <laughs> Let's hear the interview with the, the guy uh, who was, you know, talk. He was like talking about go. Talking He's about- Joe Gebe. He's the. The team captain. He's the team captain. All right, let's hear an interview. He is with the, the team captain. 
to an interview with the captain of the little people. Here we go. They're finally clear for takeoff. Uh, Charlie, I've seen strongmen pull airplanes before, but your team is vertically challenged. Is that going to make any difference to you at all? Yeah, they're going to have to keep their balance, lean forward, and really drive with their legs. Joe, how do you feel on this one? Are you confident? Oh, Jules, very, very positive here. Uh, with this low center of gravity, I think that we are going to be a winner. Well, I'll be honest with you, man. I'm putting my money on the elephant, man. Well, you're an animal lover. <laughs> I know my people. Come okay, on. okay. Well, the best of luck to you. Thank anyway, you. Steve, back to you. All right, guys, this is how the competition oh, is going to work. Is it going to work? Both man and beast will be attached to their individual aircraft. The elephant has been okay. outfitted with a 30 pound synthetic harness that is connected to the plane's front tire by a steel cable. Oh. The little people are secured not only to the plane but to themselves. Oh. They are joined together by Good. five different ropes. The planes are identical. Each has a wingspan of 155 feet, and from nose to tail, they are both 180 feet long. At their highest point, our DC-10s top out at 58 feet. Whoa. Again, the plane weighs in at over 230,000 pounds. Our competitors Whoa. have to pull their plane a distance of 25 yards, and whoever gets there first is the winner. Yeah! Yeah! Let's go, let's go humans! Let's go. Look at that elephant, he's like, oh, man and beast are take set that, to go. man, so I'm gonna beat The duel in the desert is on. Ready, set, go. Oh, here we go. Oh, no, the video didn't touch. Okay, here we go. Whoever recorded this, damn it. Cut off three seconds. Look at the elephant. You can only imagine how difficult it is. For the oh, oh, oh God! I, I, I don't even know if I don't even know if anybody's making any headway here. Now the elephant's like, oh, I'm gonna walk here. Look at this, folks! Look at these little people pull. Look at that! Look at the heart of these little people. Yeah, we are the elephants. Like, I'm gonna this along. Keep in mind, it's when the front wheel of the jet. Crosses the finish line. Okay, the first group of little people have crossed the finish line. The elephant is just making it now, and I'll tell you what—it's very close. It's very close, folks. It's incredible. I love how dramatic he's making this sound. Oh yeah, he's making this incredibly dramatic. He's milking the crap out of this. Forty-four little people are going toe to toe with an Asian elephant. Oh, it looks like the elephant. Yeah, he won. And it's the elephant. But the elephant didn't beat Becky Lynch, Chico. Yeah, and Mark LeBette didn't beat the man. See, that's a really good man versus beast. Becky Lynch versus Mark LeBette, three rounds of trivia. Let's go. Oh, I pay to see that. You put it on Peacock, baby. Gold. Oh, yeah. Hey, uh, guys. Mm -hmm. What? Would you believe that among the little people there was an actual true celebrity? What? I'm not kidding. One of the little people was Martin Kleba, and where you might know him from is the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Whoa! Curse of the Black Pearl. Yeah, Curse of the Black Pearl. He played Marty. Uh, played Marty on uh, Dead Man's Chest at World's End. Played Marty. So he, he's been on at least three Pirates of the Caribbean movies. 
uh, Dead Man's Chest, Liar's Dice, the video game he was in. Uh, and then also, Greg, to make you even, like, mark out even more. Oh, let me guess. He was in an episode of Wings. No, he wasn't. Oh. But this is almost this is almost as good. He had a card in Americana's first series. Oh, yes. Oh, I think I do. I've seen that card. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I need to pick that up. Oh. Yes, sir, you do. It's great to yes, know he was among the, the little people pulling that elephant against that elephant, trying to win that competition. Yeah. Uh, so that was Man versus Beast 1. Now, Mike, I know before the show you said you had a theory about Man versus Beast 2 that we're about to talk about next. Yeah, I... You're right. I had a theory as to why there is a second Man versus Beast. Not necessarily because of the popularity or the ratings or maybe desperation by Fox, even though they had American Idol at the time. I thought that since Man was winless uh, on this show, even though uh, they said man was winless, even though the obstacle course uh, was won by man. I thought that they did a second one to make sure man had one victory over beast to show who's the actual dominant species. Nope. Seeing the obstacle course. And of course the giraffe with the hernia disproved your theory. Well, I'm just going based on the numbers that were mentioned at the end of the show. Okay. Well, whatever numbers. Well, they have. well, it's Fox. They're known to to uh, fudge the numbers. Oh yeah, not Fox. Fox. Not Fox. No. No. But yeah, there was a second one of these. But hold up, now, guys, for this Man versus Beast two, I actually pulled out my copy, my personal copy from the archives. Yes, I actually taped this back in the day. Oh, wow. If you can believe this, so this is my original VHS copy I transferred to DVD. But can we talk about what preceded this? That I have, for some reason, the first two minutes of this. I actually saw it. It was uh, Future Entry, The Great American Celebrity Spelling Bee. Hosted by John O'Hurley. Hosted by John O'Hurley. Because Fox needed some class up in this joint. And I believe it was won by Corbin Burnson. This was in the period after L.A. Law, but before Psych for Corbin Burnson. Oh, he was in a TV series with Dulé Hill and James Rodé Rodriguez. I like that. Hey, but how can we forget about Corbin Burnson on the show? How much is enough? We'll get to covering that one, too. Yeah, hey, guys, you want to hear a joke? Do you know how much is enough? Eight? How, mu- how much is enough? Enough. Enough. Oh, enough is enough. <laughs> oh, no. no, we're not. Wait, we're not done yet. There's still another one we gotta cover. All right, here we go. Man versus Beast Two. Do you want to hear the and, exciting? And, and they still could not afford underwear for the chimp. Okay, here we go. No they... animals were harmed. Thank God. Okay, here we go. I believe that phrase is trademarked. So. Oh, okay. American what? Humane monitored the animal action. No animals were harmed. Oh, we might get sued for saying that. Whatever. No animals were harmed. Oh, no. 
I just said that. Tonight, it's survival of the fittest. Hey, it's the shirtless Tongan guy from this morning. On man versus beast two. A world-class an Olympic hopeful, a Samoan legend, and four little people. Versus a red black Labrador. A black Labrador? A human orangutan. Oh. An, African an orangutan. Look at it. Another chip. A camel. A camel. Watch out, they spit. It's the leap on the lake. The leap on the lake. Take a long jump of a short pier. Ah. Oh. Is this purebred man's best friend or his worst enemy? Uh. Olympic hopeful Brian Clay won't settle until he gets the gold. <laughs> then. Does All-American Gymnast Marshall Irwin have what it takes to dead hang in the Garden of the uh, Beast? It's the Battle of the Bar. The Battle of the Bar. Swinging back and forth. Now this takes some guts. Uh, in this jungle, it's more. Well, are, are they doing the flex arm hang? This last time I did one of those was in high school. Two ordinary or trees. Middle school. Two extraordinary climbers. I was born uh. in the tree. <laughs> It's an extreme exhibition of brute strength. No, it's not the shirtless Tongan guy from this morning. Then, it's the return of the little people. Oh, the return of the little people. And they want revenge. Oh, I want it bad. I want to do it for my dad and make him proud. Last time, they lost by inches in a test of strength. They did not lose by inches. It was not inches, Mark Thompson. It was feet. Epic revenge of the little people. What are they even playing against? Oh, uh, well. A camel. Of course. Oh, it's a camel. camel a like very upset camel. A very upset camel. And a very upset little person. Man and wild beast collide in the supreme test of speed, strength, and stamina. There's no magic, no illusions. It's completely real. Oh. So and oh, uh, let's get oh, we're not gonna play that. We might get sued. No, no, no. We don't want to get sued. No, I'm sorry, Michael. Let's just want... let's just get ready. Let's just get ready. I'm glad okay? they recycled it from Man vs. Beast One. So okay, they got their money's worth from Michael Buffer somehow. Okay, we're just gonna we... get ready here. Back on the outcome, but not today. Brian Clay is considered smart. Brian Clay, I have no idea who this is. is off the chart. Brian Clay. Labradors are loaded to ground. Brian Clay is a is a decathlete who was the summer Olympic champion in Beijing. Okay. And and he'll he got a silver in Athens, but he got a gold in Beijing. Oh good. And uh, he ended up speaking at the Republican National Convention in 2008 for some reason. Well, in fairness, it was John McCain and not Mr. Black. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. here's why. Clay is a devoted Christian. Okay, that's cool. Well, what's said about that? Okay. Okay, Let's, okay so Brian Clay, American decathlete. Gold medalist competing against a dog. Gold medalist in our hearts. Oh, except yeah. for Mike, who is a cat person. But you know what? That's cool. You know what? This black laboratory. Look at him swim. Look at Somebody him. Somebody say black laboratorian. Okay, he's like, uh, 
All right, here we go with the tail of the tape. Are you ready for the tail of the tape? Here we go. Yes. I hear those dogs make really good rescues. Oh, yeah. Oh, you can't go wrong with a lab. You really can't. No, be- best dogs ever. Clear advantage in both height and weight. He's 23 years old, and the beast is four, which is 28 in human years, putting them both in their jumping prime. However, the beast's best long jump mm-hmm. is a world record 26 feet 6 inches. Now that's Whoa. 3 feet longer than any dog has jumped and almost a foot better than Brian has ever jumped in competition. Let's go to Carl with the specifics of the Oh, event. here we go, Carl's analysis. Each competitor will run on a specially designed rubber surface that will be placed over the length of this 200-foot dock. They will both attempt to leap into the 60-foot deep waters of Castaic Lake. Water temperature should not be an issue. Temperature right now is a balmy 78 degrees. The distance will be judged from the end of the dock to whatever part of their body hits the water the farthest from the dock. As in Olympic competitions, this will be a best out of three event. All right, Carl, here we go. Thanks for the explanation, Carl. So he's going to go first. The leap on the lake is on. He has oh, here got we to go. Nervous, but Brian Clay looks optimistic. He's definitely ready for his first jump. There he goes. He, he looks he looks very determined that Brian Clay is gone. And nice. Now that looked to me like at least the dog's like, oh my god, I don't know how I'm gonna beat this. That was a good jump, Brian Clay. Good jump. Fantastic. Now Carl. Do they have a reading on that? Brian. What was it like jumping in the water? It's not like sand at all. No, it's a little weird, but I think on the next two jumps I'll I'll get it down. Let's take a look at the landing. Now talk me through the landing. I I feel like I'm coming out. Water's of nothing but water's nothing but wet sand, man. Earlier than I'd like to. Normally you land on that sand. Yeah, that's that looks like a twenty-four feet straight to the bottom. Well, that's a good start. Three inches. Well, that's twenty-five so, feet. From twenty-five high. feet. A very impressive jump. Okay. Now let's see what the beast can do. Now here's he a dog. Itching to go. Look at him. Chica, what do you think dog's thinking right now? His trainer Mike Jackson is holding. I get through this. I get my kibble. The dog and the beast is going. I, no, I think I. I think I know what the dog is thinking. What is the dog this thinking? Sort of, this is sort of like the keys to victory with the zebra earlier. The dog needs to know this is just a race. That was incredible, Carl. Well, it seemed like he went off to the right just a little bit. You think that made a difference? Well, we want to keep him away from the barrier, so I erred on the side of caution. Oh, okay. Well, let's go to the replay. All right. Here comes the landing. Look at that. Look at he got his feet up. Oh, he was fetching for his life there. Wow. That was impressive. Remember, it's the furthest point, and All the, the head and the point. of the beast is still above water at the 26-foot mark, and that's what we're looking for. That means that Brian is really gonna have oh, to turn no. it on. Oh no, he's got to. He's got. Brian's got to turn it on close. here. He's got to turn it up. Brian. Clay All right, second jump. Getting ready. We're gonna have to, you know, pour on, pour on the juice here, Brian. He just won excellent stride, excellent speed as he leaves the dock. What a jump that was! Wow. That looked longer than his like, last. Oh, I don't know how many people that jump. Brian Clay, he just came in with 26. Oh, what impressive! 26 job. feet. I don't know. It looks more like 25 and a half, but and again, I'm not the one scoring this. This is Fox. This is a super fast competitor. They are known for punching the numbers a bit. Launch that was. That was a jump. That was an incredible jump. 
The official distance 27 is feet. Went an amazing 27 feet. Like every, it's like every jump that Brian makes, the beast has an answer for. Okay, the, the lamp is mutilated. Decoy. Well, it was a best of three, so he doesn't need it anymore. He's like, oh, I don't need this anymore. Oh. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm hungry. I want a boat. Oh, God, God. Okay, so already at the gate. Oh, wait, and they're going to do a third one? Doing a third one? Yeah, it's best of three, they said. Yeah, but, but Beast is one, but I guess Beast again. Beast has two. I guess they're just going to do it. best of three as it could possibly get. All right, let's... Unless Brian wants one more just for posterity here. And this momentum is fantastic. He may just have it as he exits the dock. What a jump. Oh, that was incredible. Yep, he has it. Very close. Carl? Brian, that looked like the biggest jump. What do you think? I tried to get a little closer. See, if he did that the first few times, this wouldn't be an issue. It wouldn't be an issue. The distance is the farthest distance away from the board. Right. So your left foot was out a little bit more, right at 27 feet. So we've got a tie. <laughs> a tie? A tie? You know, I don't know. He's been jumping well so far, so I can't do anything. Well, I guess they're doing out. like the furthest, highest Ryan jumps. Clay is going into uncharted I'm guessing that's how they're judging that. The He's got to be wondering, does that animal have it in him to be? So I guess it's Remember, a tie right beast, now, but the, the beast has to go over 27 feet. And he'll okay. Have to do it with a new decoy. Oh, now he's got a new decoy. Final jump remains to be seen but it all comes what the hell is that it's a buoy attached to a rope morgan here we go it's a football buoy attached to a... oh i don't know that looked a little shallow we're gonna have to wait i don't know he's a dumb dog he thinks it's a decoy of a duck I want the duck. Give me the duck. I want the duck. Oh, oh no, that oh, this no. was not. He fell no, way not even short. Close. Right, it's close. At, at no. the end, he seemed like he flew at the end. Morgan, what are you? He's like, oh no. The results are in. The judges have reviewed the That was not even a try. Edged out Brian by a mere six inches, and as you can see, his forward momentum carried him. Wait, wait a minute. What? What? The key was. It was the furthest. He literally won by a nose. Oh, I'm calling bullshit on this. <laughs> oh, great. Now we, we're getting our explicit rating back again. <laughs> Already we have controversy on the second man versus beast. Controversy on something from Fox? No. I am shocked. This is my shocked face. And now here's a throwback to your childhood. It's the flex arm hang with an orangutan versus this guy. A gymnast. Yeah. A, gymnast. a gymnast. I don't know the gymnast's name. Let's play it here and we might get some information about this gymnast. The superpower yes. of an orangutan in a dead hang competition that will be the ultimate test of will. The ultimate test of will. And with me tonight to provide commentary are two experts in the field. Premier animal behaviorist Sid Yost and America's most decorated male gymnast, Olympic gold medal winner, Bart Connor. How you doing, guys? All right. Great. All right, Sid, what should we look for today? Bart Connor! Has what are you doing here? Strength and a torso that allows them to stretch their arms longer than the length of their body. This was, be this was before the this was before Paul and Morgan had a long, narrow hands. 
that are ideal for gripping otherwise it'd be like okay, of time. this guy In the whatever end, that could be the difference well bart that sounds impressive well it certainly does but man possesses something that the beast doesn't that's heart and soul and the man tonight has both big time Marshall Irwin is a champion. He's been up against Marshall the Irwin. offer, and he won't be intimidated by the beast. As an all-American gymnast at Stanford, Marshall is used to being center stage. And in this type of event, I think that's an incredible advantage. Oh, look at that, me, Jody. I feel that Marshall will get in a zone, and his focus will beat the beast. This is how the... All right, Chico, do you have any information on the Wikipedia about Marshall Irwin? Uh, no, I don't, but I do oh. have information from GoStanford.com. He is a Stanford alum, and he was a double major in cop side philosophy, and he recorded a 9.825 winning the NCAA title on the rings in 2002. Okay, so he's an NCAA champ. Yep, and if your computer breaks down, he's the guy you call. Oh, that's nice. And his best was a perfect 10 in 2003. Okay, so we get the rules here. Last one hanging wins. Both bars are 11 foot off the ground. Feet free competition. That is important, guys. Yeah. And they can alternate hands. Oh, we got the tail of the tape here. The man is 5 foot 3. The beast is 211. The man has like a almost a 70 pound weight advantage on the beast. Age yeah. is 23. The beast is 5, but in human years, it's 10. I love how they have the animal age crossed out, translated into human years. I appreciate the conversion. Yes. Okay. Saves us the trouble. And the reach. Oh, the beast has a oh, slight advantage. He's got, oh, yep, the beast has a half an inch wingspan advantage. Oh, my God. Okay, here we go. We're watching this. And here we go. Oh, no. Illegal. He's got one hand still on the bar. It's over. It is over. Oh, no. He won on a technicality. Yeah, they said that you can't use your legs. Oh, uh, no, the Mark beast. Darwin the beast was not properly trained on the rules. No, he was not. He because was like, he's screw your rules. Screw your rules. I play rules. by my own rules. I'm an animal. I play by my own rules. The rules of the jungle. Love the jungle, baby. So it's all even in the first part. Uh, so now what do we got here in the, in this after this promo for what the hell is this? My, My big, big fat obnoxious fiance. Oh, Jesus. We're going to have to cover that one eventually. Okay. Monitor the animal action. We already know no Mark Thompson. You don't have to remind us. So far tonight. Both man and beast have been victorious in one event. Yes. We've tested them in competitions involving strength. Strength. And distance. Distance. Now, it's about speed. Speed. In the wild, the safety and security... Oh, uh, now we... Look at that. We have a big promo on the Chiron for my big fat obnoxious fiancé. Yes. We have, a, we have a lower third because that was a thing in 2004. Yeah, they Still do this is, on Fox way. all the time, even today. But mm -hmm. you know why they called it My Big Fat Obnoxious Fiance? Because My Big Fat Greek Wedding was like the big movie at the time. Yeah. 
In the world of man. And also remember, there was my be big fat, obnoxious boss at one point. Who is yeah. neither big nor fat. So. These dynamics to new heights as this champion Samoan tree climber. Okay, this tree climber competes against chimpanzee chimp. in the chimp challenge. Oh, it's Samoan. It's Samoan versus Sid, what is your take on this event? Steve, on paper, the human has a big disadvantage here. He may be good, but when it comes to climbing, the chimp is at the top of the food chain. The human's closest relative, chimpanzees, spend much of their time climbing trees. They even sleep in trees. Their feet are shaped like human hands, making it easy to hang on to just about anything. In the wild, this could mean the difference between life and death. In this event, it could be the difference between victory and defeat. Well, we're about to find out. We're approaching climb time. And the chimp definitely looks like <laughs> right you better be, because the man the beast will take on may just be the best tree climber in the world. Oh, we got a profile on the a native Samoan. Samoan. Teotafiti's name means somersault. The turn flips. To the rest of us, it may as well mean champion. When Cap was a kid in Samoa, he grew up climbing trees. Oh. I climb tree every day. I probably climb more than a million times. Cap Teotafiti. a deep respect for island traditions. You started off watching the big guys climb. You know, Cap Teotafiti. Because he climbed just to find out how. He's he's actually a bit of a stuntman now. He was he's known for his work on Hobbs. Tale of the tape. Hobbs actually yeah. He was known for Hobbs and Shaw and Lycan. And he plays Shota on Magnum PI. Oh okay. With Jay Hernandez. Okay. As Thomas Magnum. Yes, in the uh, in the reboot on CBS. Yes. Okay, so let me get the tale of the tape here. Man has a 5'5 five, five height advantage. Beast is 3'6. Weight 175 pounds. Beast is 95 pounds. And then, okay, 37. Beast, 8. And they, what's the... 10 in Ten. human years? What? I don't understand that conversion at all. I don't get game. that. Okay. Okay, here we go. Here's the tree climbing competition. Here we go. You here ready, go. guys? touches the tree all right here we go Sid what do you think remember it's 40 feet on the tree straight now. up it's like it's a dead even match look at this incredible the chimp is actually doing a great job look at cap go oh that's right he really yes, this is no contest the man's gonna cap win this the flag oh yeah he goes but He's the got... chimp hasn't even reached the flag yet the chimp cap is taking his sweet ass time He's like down and here he comes he uh you know the Key to victory is he needs to realize that it's a race. He needs to realize it's a race. He did not realize it was a race. No, he did not. Is just now making his way down. Now he's realizing. Oh crap! This was a race. He's enjoying himself. This was a race. The times are now official. Man does an astonishing 19.2 The chip was like Tom Poston. What? It's a race? Oh no! Oh no! It's a race! Oh no! I gotta get this. This flag real quick. I gotta climb down the tree. Yeah, you're a little too late hey, for that. Hey, Greg. What? I, I hear they interviewed the chimp at the end of this. Yeah. And, 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 and what the chimp said was, give that man a banana. Somebody get me a banana. Somebody get me a banana. We needed Larry Zabisco for stellar analysis on Man vs. Beast. 
about if the chimp needed a banana or not. Oh, no, I, I meant the man needed a banana, but the chimp could have used one. Oh, wait, uh, are we going to have another competition here between the chimp and the man? I, uh, the man I, I don't mind. even know at this point. Right now, we see Oh, my God, we're doing this again. And they're starting. We're running it again. The man must be feeling confident, even though it's a whole new game. Remember, he beat the beast time by almost half. The question is, will the beast kick it into high gear on this run? Well, we now realize it's a race. Now, the beast see. is like shaking his head, like, "Oh man, you don't want none of this. You don't want this. You don't want none of this. You don't want this." Oh, Beast is trying to play a little psych out game with the man. Oh, oh. By the Give way, him the people's eyebrow, that guy. On the first trip up and simply tap the post on the second. They have a flag with the man, man and Beast appear logo on it. Alright, here we go. Again. Cap is telling us that he can go up and down Chip, twice. Chip, now Cap's having some Chip problems beat. right now. Oh Chip no. Oh no. Those will look at this big words the cap laid out for us. Cap just passed them. The flag and here uh. it is. Okay, now remember the original time for, for cap was 19.2 seconds. The beast has come again. This flag. is over. All the chimp has to do is come well, at least, hey, he, he, the chimp got to the flag. This now he has to go back up wait, again now one more time and down one wait. more time. Oh, he got to go back twice. The chip is already halfway down the, the tree. The chip is already oh, like man, on his true. first halfway on his first try. Obviously has to be tired. Oh my gosh, he's struggling. Look at that. This is the third time up the tree for the man. Is he struggling? The second time up the tree struggling. for the man. Struggling. He looks completely under control, man. easing his way down step The chip's step. like taking his sweet ass time. Like, is clearly okay, I got, I'm catching up now. Big mistake, and right now we well, have the chip is down. The chip is down. He has beat Cap. What? I can only imagine how hard <laughs> Cap must be. I'm sorry, <laughs> what? Really? I don't, I don't understand. I don't... The, yo, you're, you're just making up the rules as you go along, aren't you? <laughs> oh, the chip, just like the first 20s, just like... Yup. <laughs> I'm proud. Yeah, man. Who's the alpha now? <laughs> Say I'm your alpha. Say I'm your alpha. He's like Superman doing a pose. <laughs> And he's still not wearing any pants. Why do you always do that thing? Do what? That thing you do when you're fighting. And the... Like the... This, this thing that you do when you whip your hair when you're fighting. With the arm and the hair and you do like a fighting pose. It's a... Yeah. It's a fighting pose. You're a total poser. You're not a poser. <laughs> oh, come on. I mean, they're great poses, but it does look like you think everyone's looking at you like... All the time. Such a poser. Ugh, that was disgusting. I wonder what Yolena thought about that pose that the chimp made. She was probably too busy being programmed by the Red Room by Ray Winstone. Uh, spoilers, Mike still hasn't seen the movie yet. Oh, yeah, I forgot. He's barely on phase one at this point. I have no idea what you're talking about. Don't worry. You'll catch up in about three years. Is is this MCU stuff? Yes. Oh, well, you know, uh, I'm going to have to follow some of it because, you know, the Indians are now the Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, yes. Oh, wait. 
by the way, we did talk about last week, since you guys don't hear the post stuff and we didn't record this, we had this great theory about the ending to Black Widow. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Julia Louis-Dreyfus has a hookup with the... Yeah, that's her character. Has a hookup with the Red Skull somewhere being like, hey, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, you're not going to believe what I just saw. I just saw Hawkeye and Black Widow fight here. And, like, freaking Black Widow went down a cliff, and I think Hawkeye killed her. By the way, Julia Dreyfus, did you know I ordered the Olympic treble cast and it's terrible? You know, Julia Dreyfus, I have a question. Why is a Nazi like me ordering a package that has red, white, and blue on it? I have no idea. Well, it is true. It is true. But back to, I'm pretty certain that climb was rigged. Oh, yeah. Fox, you know they rigged that shit. Wait a minute. Hold up, guys. I Now, I left the commercials in here on this video. Yes, is, you did. Is that... Am I seeing a pre-soup Joel McHale in this Burger King promo right here? That is a pre-soup Joel McHale. Th- th- he's fresh out of football at Washington. He played football at Washington, right? I think yeah, but, but wait, but no, he's not that y- young. He played football at Washington, but that was back in like the early '90s, and this is 2004. So, yeah, because was, wasn't Joel McCann almost live? Yes. Yeah, and that was definitely like early mid '90s. Look at this guy; he's so happy. Yeah, he's, he's got Burger King. He's a champion. Who had uh, a Whopper with double lettuce? Nice job. Double cheese, double onion. Nice. Uh, no lettuce, extra ketchup, double bacon, double mayo, and two extra beef patties. <laughs> Whose would that be? Mine? Because I'm the champion? I'm the champion! I am the champion! I am the champion! Yeah, Burger King ads were very different before they brought in the king. Yeah. All right, here we go. This is what we came here for, the main event, the sequel to the elephant competition from the first race. Here we go. When they engaged in a supreme test of strength by pulling a DC-10 airplane. In the end, the elephant won out, beating the little people by just inches. Tonight, they're back, and they want revenge. But this time, it's not a test of strength, but a test of speed. We're here at Los Alamitos Racetrack for an epic relay race between a team of four of the world's fastest little people and a seven-foot-tall Arabian camel. It's the revenge of the little people. Hey, NASCAR on Fox is Sunday at 1 p.m. the race is Olympic gold medalist Dan O'Brien. Dan, what can we expect? Oh, here we have Dan O'Brien. Of course, if you don't know who Dan O'Brien is, what podcast do you even listen to? I mean, come on. Dan versus Dave. We're talking about that soon. We'll talk about that next week. But yeah, Dan O'Brien, 1996 gold medalist in the decathlon. A very stellar athlete. Let's hear what Dan has to say about this competition here. Steve, this is really an intriguing matchup. On one hand, you have Team Man, who must perform with speed, strategy, and coordination. On the other hand, you have the Beast, whose only concern is getting to the finish line as fast as he can. Our human team is focused on the task ahead, but the Beast will rely solely on instinct. This should be one for the books. You're looking live at Team Man as they prepare for tonight's race. 
They're an elite squad of runners, and they... for them, this event is more than just a race. For the little people, it's oh, about this guy stretching. Oh! We really and truly want to win this. Uh, last time it was close, but uh, this one, uh, we have a second. It wasn't close. We really and truly want to win this one. Back. Hey, it's the same guy. On the yeah, they brought Joker back as the coach. Now they're going for speed. It's a huge oh, challenge. Huge challenge. We have nothing at all that in our favor. They're running from their heart, and you know they're going to be there. Yes, sir. The idea is not to be waiting for him to come there. Just take off, and he'll reach your hand. They've worked their butts off. Uh, they've been doing push-ups, oh, sit-ups, push uh, running, uh, you know, stretching. Stretching is, is very big in my book. Uh, we, we have to stretch these legs as much as we can get out of it. Oh. But the training has just been so, so fierce. Go! What is undeniable is Team Man's determination and drive to finally come away victorious against the Beast. One, two, three, Team Man! We are just moments away from <laughs> Andy and Steve is still wearing that jacket. Still... Don't care for the man, but I love that jacket. Oh, sweet as jacket. Yeah, he's written, he's written some crappy books, but you know what? He's got a sweet jacket. <laughs> okay. Time in Can the we get to the tail of the tape, please? Because we have more Look at this camel! In fact, and one Arabian camel. Known to man. Over the course of the day, they can negotiate over 25 miles in the most rugged terrain oh. on the planet. They are so strong, they can carry almost a thousand pounds. Wow, on their back. a thousand pounds. Although they take time to get up to speed, when they sense danger, their powerful legs turn them into 1,500 pound running machines. Oh. Let's go to Dan O'Brien, who's with Team Man. Dan? You guys warmed up and ready to go? Absolutely. Yes, yes, sir. All right, Joe, I know you're not running tonight, but you are the team captain here. What should oh, Joe isn't running Well, tonight. our strategy no. is right off He's the get-go, we have to come out of the shoot in a hurry. Uh, I have well, my main coach last here, time. Daniel Artran. He's the, the captain no, we have on the team here. Right. I think he's, he's going to get us. God is like track He's going to take us right around the corner. Then I have Mighty Mike. He hit us on the straight Mighty Mike. And the final rap is my son, Frank Gibb. Oh, these guys are son. Well, it's a pretty intimidating specimen out there, this beast. What do you think? So well, far. we just saw the beast for the first time, and uh, we were, I tell you, a little intimidated. We didn't, uh, you know, we knew it was going to be big, but we didn't realize it was going to be that big. So, our, like I would say, we're back that's to the shoot again. we got to get out of the shoot, first of all, to get the lead, and, and I think that's a, a major uh, point there. All right, Frankie, how badly do you want to win? Oh, I want it bad. I want to do it for my dad and make him proud. Team man. <laughs> Oh, I wanted to break. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. <sighs> Can we just get to the tail of the tape, please? Yeah, just hold on a second. Oh, I can't get over it. All right, here we okay. go. The The beast is 10 years old, but he's like, no, the beast is four years old, but he's 10 in human years. Combined age, I guess, is 27. Uh, the average age is 27, and the beast is 10. The w Combined weight. Uh, we have at man 462 pounds combined. They are spelt little people, and the beast has uh, a weight of 1500 pounds. And the beast has, even with all four of the uh, of the runners, the beast has a two and two thirds feet advantage on them. No, it's two and six, two feet six inches. 
Because the combined height is four feet. No, two, two, two foot eight. Oh, okay. I, I forget yeah. that it's like tw- 11 inches, right? Play the tape, Greg. <laughs> 12 <laughs> inches. Don't make me reach through this computer. <laughs> Whatever. Just, just play the tape. Oh, look at this. And this is a completely blank slate. Everybody's going in cold. Nobody knows how fast the men are. Nobody knows how fast the camel is. No, this is all a mystery. So we're going to find out how this is going to run. All right. For team hold Andy. on. Hold on. We got to have Dan O'Brien's thoughts about his analysis, just like Carl Lewis with this focus zebra. Carl Lewis was busy with the dog. Okay, here we go. Here's Dan O'Brien's analysis of this race. and What the keys to victory. Here we go. The keys to victory. For Team Man to win, it's a combination of several factors. A fast start is essential. The baton handoff must be swift and clean, and whoever runs the anchor leg has to put it in high gear from the first step. For the beast, it's focus, focus, focus. It cannot be distracted even for a split second. Once a runner, man or beast loses their stride, it's over. Ooh, shiny red ball. The elements are with us tonight. It's a crisp 58 degrees, and the track conditions are excellent. Take a look at the track for a moment, if you will. Look at that track. It's and now that's the side the beast will be running on. On oh, the other side, it. it has been packed, and that's the side the team man will be competing on. And in between them is a barrier. Now, this is a safety measure because keep in mind, this beast weighs close to 2,000 pounds. And should oh, something go obvious wrong, guy. the results could be devastating. I'm shocked. Team man loosening up and keeping warm, getting rid of some of that nervous energy. They have to be nervous right now. Last time they here's were beaten. Here's team man a- stretching. Uh, remember, it's a staggered start. 330-yard dash. Oh, look at that camel. The camel he's... is incredibly ornery. Oh, he's so incredibly ornery. Okay, here we go. We're getting ready for this race. Right now. All right, here hey, we... if I was on a special on box, I'd be ornery, too. We to go and are in position. Daniel Artran is ready. He's in the blocks. Now, remember, the Beast is a notoriously slow starter. This should play into the hands of Team Man, whose strategy is to get out fast, get the lead, and keep it. The Beast is in the starting game. The revenge of the little people begins as soon as former Olympic starter Dan Reinstein counts us down, and here we go. On your marks. Set. We have a clean start, and Team Man is off fast. Okay, as predicted, the Beast is making a slow, unsteady start out of the gate. And Daniel Artran has gotten T-Man off to the lead that they wanted. The question now is, will the Beast turn it on? Okay, the first handoff is clean, and the Beast is still on. No, wait, there there he goes, and the Beast is now starting to go. The camel is moving. The question is, will he be too far back to catch up? T-Man is running there at a good, clean pace. But all of a sudden, look at the energy now. Now the camel is really kicking it into high gear and closing the gap. I don't know. I saw a little bit of an unsteadiness there. Clean, but the camel is clearly catching up. He is now, in fact, passing Mike Murga and is in front of him by at least four or five yards. Oh. He started slowly, but now he is moving quickly. And the look at that. The camel gave a look like, oh, you're not going to catch critical. me. Mike Murga handing it off to, to Frank Gibb. Oh, that is a bad, oh, bad, bad hands off. Frank oh, just look at this guy go. Look at this little guy. And closing the gap, the camel is slowing down, and it's anybody's race. We're down to the finish uh, line. Oh, oh, I, way too close to call. A photo finish. 
as an Olympic competition, the judges are going to be looking for whose chest crossed the finish line first. That will determine the winner. Who? Who's? Who's? What? I'm sorry. What? I'm sure you two have never seen the Bobcat Goldthwait John Candy Classic Hot to Trot. But there I was have, a. Actually. I've heard of it. Never seen it. But okay, I've heard Chico's of it. has seen it. Okay. Now, Chico, you remember that there was a photo finish in the movie, right? I do. Do you remember how they determined the winner of the race? Uh, whose face got across first? No, not his face. John Candy's character's front teeth crossed the finish line first. Yeah. Because he's a talking horse. Hey, Mike, did you know that movie has Dabney Coleman in it? Who has the villain and he's great. Play the damn tape. I, I did know that, yes. Oh, you need to see. Everyone needs to see Hot and to Trot once in their life. What's this? Those are the horse's front teeth. Give me that. Now, I thought I had it clear. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention? Result of the seventh race, the El Segundo Stakes has been declared official. And the winner, by an incisor, is Don. Well, we're not here to talk about hot stuff. That's going to be on the Patreon podcast. That was a thing in Greg's VHS collection. Here we go. That was absolutely incredible. Frank Gibb has got to be proud of his performance. Dan is down on the track right now with Team Man after an incredible race. Dan? Hey, guys, great job. You look like you gave it all you got, especially you, Frankie, there at the end. Joe, you're pretty proud of these guys? Oh, man, am I proud, especially my son. Man, he was pulling it up at the end there, but both the, all four of you guys were great out there, son. Oh. Very good. All right, here comes a replay. Daniel, you took off like a rocket. The camel wasn't even really responding at this point. The camel's it like, like uh, it was just a mile hell? off. And then all of a sudden, now, here comes hey. the camel now. Look at him. He's, now he's like, around. I'm going to We realize we had a, show oh, you we off. possibly got a race here. Well, here comes the rest of the team. Steve, did you know he was uh, coming after you at this point? No, I didn't. Not at all. I saw him. Uh, Here's the camel. He's got like a hernia so again. Like, oh, man, we got a good start going. And then uh, after I handed off the baton to Mike and I made sure he was going right there, I took a look back and I was like, uh-oh, we got a real race. Well, I thought you guys were in trouble here. How are you feeling right now, Mike? A little scared because he's passing me. Look at this me guy. He's like, like it's almost over. He's not even. He's like, I'm running yeah, out of breath. A little trouble giving it to Frankie, and then boom, Here's there he Frankie. goes. Frankie, that was a bad handoff, but it looked like you really made up a lot at the end. Yeah, I just had that straight in front of you, basically. Oh! A photo finish. A photo okay. finish. Dan, the official result is in. The beast crossed the finish line just two tenths of a second. Oh, oh. In the last man versus beast, you lost by just inches. Today, just by a nose. How about one more cheer to take us out of here? All right, here we go, guys. One, one two, three, yeah! Yeah! Steve, these guys have nothing to hang their by heads about. two tenths of a second, by the way. The Revenge of the Little People is history. Team Man ran a 330-yard relay in a quick one minute and three seconds. But the Beast hit the finish line just a hair faster. Once again, the Beast prevailed over the Little People. For Team Man, Aww. payback day is still overdue. Well, I guess we'll never find out. Yeah, because Cooler Heads prevailed and Fox... Perhaps kowtowing to uh, pressure, decided maybe a third installment of Man vs. Beast wouldn't be too prudent. Especially since we're sleeping in American Idol money. 
Oh, yes. But, oh, this special. These two specials gave us such comedy gold, guys. Oh, God. Yep. Uh, Man versus Beast took the best of competition and drug it through the mud. And in 2003 and 2004, it was indeed a thing on TV. But wait, there's more. Ooh, what do you have? Oh, no. No, I, I don't have anything like that. I just mean more in the sense that next time we're here, we're going to talk about man battling a single type of beast. Oh, yes. Oh. And, and how can you not like a beast that goes by the name Honey Bump? Oh. And how can you not like a show that's hosted by Brandon Tierney? No, good point. Yeah, Brandon Tierney is a, a quality host on uh, what used to be CBS Sports Radio. Hey, thankfully he's no Adam Shine. But we'll talk about uh, this show coming up on Thursday. But before we sign off, get the soothing music out, Mike. All it's, right, there you it's go. Hot, it's time for It Was a Thing on TV, Haiku Corner. Okay. Oh, oh love that music. Mm, yes, sir. Top human athletes. Beasts of all shapes and sizes. Steve's Black Jacket Rocks. I don't do snaps. I just do fast claps. I'll take it. But yeah, you'll find out more about our next subject on the next episode of It Was a Thing on TV. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on Thursday. Wow! Hey, Carl. As usual, awesome. What's the story? Well, I had to slow down a little bit over on the other side because my feet was about to burst into flames, and that happened before. I, I don't want that to happen because the track would have caught fire and killed the man in the wheelchair. But, Carl, you put Reverend Jimmy away. Do you feel good? Yeah, I feel real good. I knew I knew what was going to happen before the race. I told you, I'm Carl Lewis. I don't lose races. I'm very fast, very quick. My feet still feel hot. The world's fastest human, and here comes Reverend Jimmy. Reverend, if you could just come right in here. How do you feel about that? Carl Lewis, can you woo your way, huh? Well, first of all, I'd like to congratulate Mr. Carl Lewis. I'm running a fine race. He runs He's a very fast human being, but it, uh, it was a fake. What are you talking about? It's a fake. I'm Carl Lewis. I was really running fast. Carl Lewis, I'm not saying you're a fake, but when this man's agent told me he was in a wheelchair, I knew the man couldn't walk, but what he neglected to tell me is that the man was suffering from an internal bleeding. Now, if I had known that, I would have healed the bleeding first, then heal the walking, and there would have been no contest. So I, I, I would. Sounds like a rematch to me, Carl. What do you got to say about you that? You try to steal my glory, man. That was a fair race, man. They bleeding ain't got nothing to do with people running. Once I raced a cheetah, and right before we ran, the cheetah bit me, and I ran the race while bleeding profusely. So don't you tell me that bleeding has something to do with it. I have been running, bleeding all my life. I've always bled before races. It's just I, I can bleed and run at the same time. Don't you tell me this man is bleeding. Well, you can't run. He's Carl Lewis. I'm Carl Lewis. Man. Well, it looks like we may have him. Ladies and gentlemen, exciting, thrilling, ridiculous. This is Joe Piscopo, HBO Sports. I'm a good man.